0: I love it Everyone, every time someone says to me, I've got a pay rise. I go, really? That's awesome. So, I'll see it in your tithes and offerings. I'm sure they're thinking, I wish I didn't say anything. <laughs> I don't mind joking about money. I really don't get offended by it. I hope you don't get offended by it. Um, church as we know it doesn't exist without people's generous giving. That includes mine, my wife's, and includes my, my son's, um, includes everybody's. Like, together we're a a family. Um, I don't know if I've shared it here. I have shared it with some. Uh, My son Samuel's made it a game since he's started giving. He started work in November. And what I love about it is because we've taught our our kids um, from a very early age that regardless, for us, regardless, starting point, people can say that the the principle of tithing, 10%, is an Old Testament... um, an Old Testament law, an Old Testament principle, but you find Jesus speaks about it twice. <laughs> um, even inadvertently, people don't want to recognise that, but we've taught our kids from an early age that you, know, you give to God first, then decide what you want to save, and then what you have left over you need to live with. You know? And um, Samuel puts in his tithe every week he gets paid. You know, so he's only working part-time, so it could be fifteen dollars could be twenty six dollars, could be forty five dollars, but the game that he's played is every time he puts it in because he does it online, he writes a different reference. You know how you know you reference tithe or whatever. Yeah, so th- I'll give you some of my sons. Cannelloni was bussing. That means that Canalone was really good, right? Got nothing to do with giving. Just cannelloni was really good. I mean woodwork. So he's doing it while he's in school. He's in class. Right. One time he got paid four hundred and fifty dollars, so he tithed forty five and his reference was this one hurt. <laughs> yeah. Um, the last week's was Blisters. Another one was, Oh like this just as he dis- oh he's in kids church. Good I can share this one. One one of the ones he wrote was, I'm pooping myself. <laughs> so I don't know why, but he's made it again. What I love is the fact that he's taken it to heart. And I just love the way I've seen the Lord bless him in the things that he's done with his finances. So anyway, play whatever game you need to play to get it in your spirit. You discover, you find how generous God is um, the more you live a generous life. And that includes your finances. You can't understand how God works in a life where you pray for healing for people unless you pray for healing for people. You can't understand how God works when you speak in a spiritual tongue in tongues. It's a gift that we can all desire. But when you finally step out and start to move in that gift, then God actually operates and gives you a blessing in line with that gift. And it's the same with our giving. It's got nothing to do with our salvation. We're all saved. Yeah, He did all the work on the cross. But God pours out a blessing. It doesn't necessarily have to be financially. Sometimes it's just with revelation and knowledge and love, but there's an experience. It's like those that have been baptised. Those that have never been baptised do not understand because the Word doesn't tell you what happens when you come out of the water, but there's a blessing that's tied with it, that God holds for those that walk into the room of baptism, so to speak. Anyway, all of that for nothing. I um, want to continue from last week. I I have to continue from last week. I was talking about belonging, belonging in the house. So I've got a little bit of a summary that I have to go through for those that weren't here, for those that are at home. So some of it you may remember. For those that forget the scripture or the word after you've left church, I, I don't know if anyone ever experiences that. I've experienced that. Hey, at least today you'll get a reminder. Is that all right? But I I read this um, online, social media from a pastor of a very large church in Melbourne. And I loved it. I actually loved it because there's a part in it that I thought was what we were talking about together last week. And he starts off and he says, Sunday, I can't wait. Sunday for some is the first day of the week. For some, it's the last day of the week. For me, it's the day of the week. In days where so much is vying for our devotion, I'd encourage Christians everywhere to have time that's uncompromisingly God's. For me, this is Sunday. While like you, I have many people and things vying for my time, I'll change my calendar around for many of these things, but almost never for my worship and church experience. Why is that, he writes? Because I'm under law, question mark? No. No. Because I've discovered a love and grace that's transformed my life. Anyone ever discovered that love and grace? Yeah. Yeah? Therefore, throughout the week, I can worship where I want, how I want, at whatever time I want. So I have the freedom to make my schedule work for me and what I want to do. But I only have 52 Sundays a year where I can worship corporately with the body of Christ, the church and this is where i feel like i feel like he he obviously listened to my sermon last week right he didn't but you know i'm just going to pretend that because it makes me feel good therefore every sunday you can be assured i will be with the saints lifting my voice to join a symphony of praise Some say you can be a Christian without belonging to the church, belonging to the church. I say, what Bible are you reading? I say, yes and amen to this, right? Scripture is clear. When we're made alive in Christ, we're immediately part of Jesus' bride, the church, a part of the body. I swear he listened to my message last week. In fact, Scripture says... My daughter sent me a message, go away. <laughs> the scripture says, um, once this occurs, we all belong, again, that word belong to each other. Yeah. So tomorrow I'll be in church with the rest of the body of Christ, raising my life, my voice and my hands in adoration to him. When we do this, the gates of heaven open, miracles happen, lives are transformed and hope is renewed. And he says, hope to see you in church. I love that because I just thought, wow, I reckon it's a good follow-on from what we were talking about last week. And so, Father, we just pray that you would have your way today, that, Lord, we would actually discover, each and every one of us, where we belong. Lord, that we would know that we're a part of a family, a greater family, that we would understand that, yes, we're part of the body of Christ, the greater church. And, Lord, we just say, have your way in us and through us today, that we may go away inspired, encouraged, And Lord, looking forward to tackle anything that comes our way in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. So, where you and I belong, the body of Christ, the church, we need to understand that we actually belong in a place. Not only do we belong in a place, but we belong in a place because God has given us gifts and talents in one place, from one spirit, that works out of that place. It's generally the way it works. And I said last week that if we don't know the part that we play, so often when people drift from church to church, and I'm not talking about planting yourself somewhere where you're there for five to 10 years or 15 or 20, and then you may move interstate, or you may just find that things have changed and you move to another place. I'm not talking about that. When people drift from place to place to place and never find themselves settled, you can't you can't put roots down. Plants can't put roots down to get the nutrient from a soil unless you give it time. You find that people can drift because they haven't yet discovered where they belong. Yeah? And I made the outlandish comment last week that when that happens, if they don't know what, what part they play, if you don't know what part you play within a church, yeah? and, and this is where we've got to understand our gifts because our gifts just aren't pulpit gifts. They're not just singing and speaking and all of that stuff. It, it, it's, if you're an accountant, you're gifted with numbers. How can I use that to bring glory to God where I work? You know, If I'm a counsellor, how can I bring counsel without proselytising, because you might be in a wo- workplace that doesn't know. How can I bring counsel that will bring someone closer to God in my workplace? How can I do that where God is glorified? You're using the gifts and talents that you naturally have have, that you've worked on, that you've studied, that you've trained for. These are gifts and talents, yeah? And so if we don't know where we fit in the house, in the family that we belong, (laughs) something's missing in your life. Something's missing in my life if I don't know where I fit, where I belong. And so... We look through 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and chapter 12 is all about the spiritual gifts. And really, what, the point I was trying to make last week is that as the body of Christ, we are gifted. There's a giftedness in the body. You can go to any church, and within that church, there are people, every single individual, not just the, the odd person, every person is gifted with something. Every person has an awesome gift. Every person has awesome potential. Yeah? And so within the body, yes, you've got you know, preachers and worshippers and administrators and greeters and all that sort of stuff, but you've also got accountants and counsellors and mechanics and lawyers, people who are gifted and talented that can use those things to bring glory to God. Yeah. That's the context for me when I read First Corinthians chapter 12 is that the Father's arranged this talent pool, an assembly of gifted people with these awesome abilities and potential for his church, the greater church. And so that's the backdrop as you run through 1 Corinthians. And we need to understand that you and I are the body of Christ. If if you don't understand that, if you can't get that, then really 1 Corinthians chapter 12 makes no sense. Because when it starts talking about the body of Christ it's talking about you it's not talking about the person next to you the person that's more gifted or has more money or dresses better it's talking about each and every one of us and and then the second thing that it brings to light is that if you're going to be gifted and you're going to have spiritual gifts then it means that you're saved it means that you've been converted So I said last week if you remember that you cannot have a spiritual gift unless you're a spiritual person (laughs) So you can't have gifts from God unless you're saved. Is that a a fair assumption? Like, I don't think I'm drawing straws here, yeah? We need to be saved, because unless we're saved, we don't have spiritual gifts. That's why Jesus said in John 15, 5, Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Yeah? The fruit comes from being attached to him. The gifts come from being a part of him. That stuff doesn 't happen outside of that it 's when you 're attached to him, so there 's awesome gifts in the body you 're saved amen that 's a key and then it 's thirdly it 's about Jesus and the entire church. Why has he gifted us and now that he 's gifted us now that i 'm saved and i 've got these gifts now that i 'm saved and i 've got this potential what 's it all for how how does it all work out because at the end of the day again I, and, I, and I have to relentlessly because I think Paul does I, I, I have to relentlessly say, if we are saved, then we are part of the body. If you are saved, you're not a nomad. If you are saved, you're part of the body. If you are saved, you're part of the body. 1 Corinthians twelve, twelve says, Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. So there's a connection here between Jesus and the church. Yeah? And we have to, we must somehow come to grips with that so that when we speak to those that are trying to separate that, you know, I, I'm okay with God, I don't have to come to church to be a Christian. You don't, you don't have to come to church to be a Christian. But how will we know if we're his disciples? One, if we love one another. Thank you for that, that scripture. But also, how, how, how do they know if we're part of the body? unless we're using the gifts for those that are within the body and without of the body. How do they know? I, I, I don't need to. <laughs> I don't need to come to church. I can watch stuff online and stay in my pyjamas. You know, church doesn't meet me. People haven't, and I loved what that pastor wrote. They haven't understood the message, that our, our message to be full has to be right with God and it has to be right with one another. You cannot separate, you know... Uh, often when people remove themselves from church, and I've got some points I want to get to, they often are in a small cluster of people. And often those small cluster of people, are often they think the same. You ever notice that? You know? They're like Collingwood supporters. You know, they they think the same. The problem is, that means you've got a a whole bunch of one body part together. Yeah? And it means there's a whole other part of the body that they... They're never with, that they never experience. they can't help them or support them or come alongside them. And so stuff becomes really imbalanced or unbalanced, whatever the proper English is. You know, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, for we were all baptized by one spirit as to form one body. To form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. So yes, there are differences in the people, but we've all been given the one spirit and giving the one spirit to drink from so even though we're different all of us who are different make up the one body and i know i am going over some old road here but you've got to you've got to hear it yeah that means in the one building in the one family you'll have vaxxed and unvaxxed oh you're not going to talk about covid again no i'm not But, you know, it's still a contentious issue out there. So you'll have vaxxed and unvaxxed. You'll have, in the same building, you'll have Labor and Liberal voters. No, not in the church. (laughs) (laughs) You're stretching that one. Come on. Maybe just with the millennials. Yeah? Let's not get into trouble. Keep moving. (laughs) You know, in the same place, you'll have people who hate sport... Don't like, it, or even worse, you'll have people in the one building that actually like cricket, heaven forbid, and people that know that cricket's not really a sport. You just stand around for 11 hours doing nothing. Yeah? And those that love footy and love and love soccer and those that love that other stuff where they've got no necks. They played in New South Wales and Queensland. What's it called? Rugby, that's right. Yeah. So you've got all these different people, but you're in you're part of the one one body, all of us. Even so the body's not made up of one part, but of many. And, and that summarizing verse from last week, verse 27, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. So we have to work out, you and I have to work out how we actually fit together. Yeah? Part of that's just disca- acknowledging, yes, I'm saved, I've been converted by Christ, so what are my gifts and now how can I use those? How can I use those within this place? How can I use those outside? How, how can I bring glory to God? Yeah, yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's all about Jesus, that you and I are part of the body, we're a chosen people and a royal priesthood, Yeah? and that we all have a part to play. So not everyone can play a shiny orange guitar that I would love to scratch, hide a scratch on it. Poor Samuel would be devastated, yeah? Like, I'd love to play it, but I'm telling you, I cannot. I don't even have to demonstrate that. Actually, the other day, the worship team was doing a practice on the Sunday night, and so we just opened it up for people to come, and it was one of those little, do you know those little box drum things that people play on? I don't know what they're called. It's got a name. Anyway, so I thought, you know, I air drum in the car while I drive. So I thought, I'll play that. So I'm there to the beat. And then I had Ross Morgan's not here, so I'll name him and shame him. So Ross Morgan's playing his bass. He turns to me and goes, don't touch it, you're out of time. (laughs) And I'm like, no, I'm not, dude. This is... Oh, yeah, I am a little bit. No, I'm not. You know, like all of us have a part to play and not all of us can play the same part as other people. So where and how do we fit into the scheme of things? Oh, really to fulfill the mission that God has for us in his body, we've got to, we have to know that gifts belong together. Every single gift belongs together. First Corinthians 12.4, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. So you and I all had the same Jesus inside of us. Yet yeah, mine is no thinner than yours, and yours is no fatter than mine. Or should it be the other way around? I can't remember. Anyway, but it's the same Jesus inside of us that speaks to us, yeah? The same Jesus. Even without different opinions. Even when you think a top-loading washing machine is better than a front-loader. Even when you think you can make your own deodorant, and I'm telling you, just buy the stuff with aluminium in it because it actually you stink. You know, it doesn't matter what our differences are. We're part of the same body, Yeah? The gifts, we all belong together. So, how do we use that? How do we do that? Part of it's actually understanding that. Part of that's st- we have to stop fighting the system. Man, I love it that the pastor gets up there. He gets to, he, he gets to speak, he, he gets to tell awesome jokes. He's such a funny guy. You know, he gets to share the gospel. I want to share the gospel like him. That's fair. I, I had that desire. Fortunately for me, I believe that's one of my gifts. But if you're not gifted in speaking and you're um and ah and you don't have your theology correct, it's probably not the right place for you to come and demonstrate a gift that you do not have. What, so, what, what are our gifts? Where are they? I can't play an instrument. Ross and Sally tell me over and over again no, you cannot sing on the worship team. I go, but I'm the pastor. I want to. I'm going to. No, you're not. Yes, I am. Emmy's the only one who's been able to call my bluff. She goes, grab a mic, sing. I'm not going to (laughs) sing. Why? I can't sing. (laughs) Like no. But the other two, like they're like you know, you're not getting up there. You're not gifted there. I know. I'm not gifted there. See verse 4 when it says there are different kinds of gifts but the same spirit distributes them it's trying to capture the thought that different gifts, same spirit in the body, in the church, in the family. You know, in the early church Andrew in the early church the only time believers separated from each other was when they were afraid. They had fear. Now, society has matured. In this country, there's nothing to be fearful of. So the enemy comes up with something else. Offence. I'm going to generate offence. And offence will start to separate them. Yeah? I'll show them that they are just as good as everybody else... And it's not fair that they're not on the pulpit or not fair that they're not making... If you've never made a coffee in your life, don't think that you can jump behind a coffee machine and make a good coffee. It doesn't work. I tried it. I had to learn how to do it, yeah? Trust, it just doesn't work. The, the milk comes out boiled, which is really great for people that want really hot coffee. But what people that want really hot coffee don't realise is they've actually now ruined the coffee. Yeah, But that's OK. Yeah, yeah. You've just got to entertain everyone and love them when they're a part of the body of Christ, yeah? But now, now we've dealt with fear because now we're we're starting to understand that perfect love casts out all fear. And if we're going to love one another, even while we disagree, now we've dealt with offence. So now the devil can't use offence. So what does he come up with now? What do you hear now amongst Christian churches now? More so, I don't mean to pick on young people, but it seems to be the, the new thing, you know, to separate the body, yeah, is you're not as enlightened as us. We don't need the church. So we can love Jesus outside of the four walls. We don't have to be told what to do by the people inside. The, what? No one's ever told you what to do. People have encouraged you to be more like Jesus. People have encouraged you to serve, absolutely. I go to the local football club with my son. I get text messages all the time saying, have you put your name down on the roster to do this and do that? In fact, because I've done a lot of timekeeping and some little goal um, goal umpiring, but not much. But with Nathan's (laughs) club, and they know this now, I hide in the car till 10 minutes before the game so they can't get me. Because <laughs> right, if I step out, they're going to get me to do something. The point being, no matter what, what club, what group you're a part of, somebody's going to want you to do something. Yeah. Samuel works at Grilled. Part of his job, he has to take the bins out occasionally. They all share that responsibility. I don't even like taking the bins out at home. It doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing. Someone's always going to want something, but now we've got the enlightened people that say, we don't need church because we don't want to be told what to do. Well, you know, hey, for any group of people to work together, there's teamwork. Yeah. For me to go to a Christmas lunch with my mum and my um, in-laws and my brother and his in-laws, and you know, by the time you've got 20 people, every person has a role to play, Yeah? At the end of the day, it's not one person doing the dishes because they own the home. Everyone's jumping in to do their bit because we're part of a family. Together we're his body. Together we are his bride. That's why I loved what that pastor wrote because I've discovered for me where, where I belong. And I belonged at one place for 10 years and I belonged in another place for 11 years and I've been here for 12 and I'm really believing at this stage, Mel and I are here for 20, 30 years. We're not going anywhere. We found a place where we belong. We call this home. You and I have to find where we belong in, and, and, and in our giftedness, with our gifts, where and how. How do we fit? How do we bring glory to God? I had a beautiful conversation. Oh, Ruby's not here. She's with the kids. And, 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 and Ruby was just struggling. So for those that at home that don't know some of the family, apologies, but you'll, you'll, you'll catch the, the, the gist of it anyway. And she was trying to work out, but where are my gifts? I don't, I don't do anything in the house. It's like, oh, my goodness, really? You don't see it. I go, when you got baptised, how many people did you bring? Oh, there was quite a few. I go, I know, right? You are... A naturally gifted evangelist. Yeah. Like naturally. She goes, yeah, but, but that's outside there. Absolutely. Because he, he gives us gifts in the body, yeah, so that we can use them for his body and for out there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, really? I didn't think of it like that. How many times have you brought someone food? Oh, there's a few. I go, in the church? She goes, yeah. I go, and people outside the church that you know? She goes, yeah. I go, dear, you're gifted you got a gift of hospitality. Oh, I didn't see that. So many of us are looking for these huge gifts that operate up here somewhere, yeah. whereas the best gifts are most often those that operate out there. Yeah. Because she brings glory to God out there, and then people come in here. Yeah, right. How cool is that? Really together we're his church. It's not our fault, but God's determined that our gifts belong together. And I love that example of Ruby, for the common good. Because that's what the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, verse 7, I should say. 12, verse 7. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. That's awesome. Yeah. Man, realize the gifts that God's given you, the blessing, the rests inside of you, that yes, you're part of a family so that you can be a blessing to those that are around you, inside and outside of the walls. Because the gifts are not just for my self-expression. The gifts aren't always about us. Our gifts, what we have is to exalt Jesus. What we have is to edify the whole body, the family. But generally speaking, we've got to be planted somewhere so that people can support us, help us, send us out sometimes. Show us where we are gifted. Show us where we have value. Because who's ever felt less than worthy? If we were to be honest, I'd say the majority of us could somewhere put up our hands somewhere in our life and say, yeah, I've had moments. You know? I'd say, I'd suggest that there are fathers, grandfathers in, in here right now that have questioned their parenting over time. Mums who have done the same. We all have moments. So we need people around us that actually know us, that can speak life into us Say actually, you belong where you 're at. you are so worthy, you, you, you are of so much value in this place. Everything that God is doing in His church, what he longs for the Spirit to do in the church, is for the spirit of God to work through his people and and, and through our uniqueness, through our differences, you know because together he brings all these differences together. To, to create a beautiful common good. Benny Perez, um, Church LA, I, I love Benny, I think he's, I'm not going to say, I think he's Hispanic, something like that, he's got a great accent, he's a funny bloke, like he's so funny, love listening to his stuff, and he often says, when he's talking about the church in general, yeah, Pentecostal, conservative, you know, high people, few, you know, Uh, high steeple few people, all different types of churches. He goes, it's not. It's not that they're wrong and we're right. It's not that they're right and we're wrong. He goes, we're just different. We're just different. The person sitting behind you, beside you, is just different. Just because I dress this way just different. I was picking up Samuel from Grill yesterday, and a guy came out of the new piano bar thing, and he had a pair of pants that I swear they were PJs. They were like green here, white there, and, and like a light shade of red down the bottom, and they were all loose and stuff, yet he had this manly jacket on. It's like, dude, you wore that outside of the house. <laughs> really? It's okay, I'm 52, different era, who knows? That's probably... Fa- no, that can't be fashionable, no. But anyway, it's just different, yeah? It's just, it's just different. Verse 11 and 12 says, All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them, our gifts to each one, just as He determines, right? Just as... A body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. So it is with Jesus. The body and the parts, they all come together. They are all one. And you know what? It makes no sense. It's a mystery that he can take each and every one of us and place gifts and talents inside of us and then put us in the same building. Some of you like Ford. Some like Holden. Some of you think this way. Some of you think that way. Some of you don't cook with oil. Some of you have never dressed a salad that doesn't come in a bottle. I don't get that. You make your dressing yourself. You don't buy it from the supermarket. It's a mystery. In the same way that you got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Who remembers the old, old, the old song? Father, Son, Holy Ghost, all of them are three in one. Do you believe in? Amen. Do you believe in? No one remembers that. Oh, jeez, I'm so old. <laughs> But the point being, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, all of them are three in one. It's a mystery. It's a mystery that all of us together, not just three, but 15 and 50 and 100, and in some places 1,000 can come together and be one body. It is a mystery of God, but it's how he determines it. It's how he does it. Different people, different ethnicities, different ideas and opinions, different smells. And yet he still brings our gifts together to the one table. Yeah? yeah, Where we can be a blessing to one another. That is called oneness. That is called oneness. That's his heart. That's his desire. From the moment that he sent Jesus to the cross was to make us one. That's a mystery. I've got Italian friends who they have weddings and one side of the room can't talk to the other side of the room and they're part of the same family. That's not oneness. Yet he brings all uh, an eclectic group of people in churches everywhere and he makes us one. That's, that's what the spiritual gifts are about. That's the, the one body, many parts. And we've just got to understand that that's the way God determines to do it. He's not trying to build an Aryan race, you know, full of blonde haired blue eyed people. We're all different. The spirit is working in the body of Christ, his church and his family. You know, I, I, I touched on last week, but Paul, Paul's a funny bloke, because Paul actually says, just imagine that my body was just an eye. That would be so weird, wouldn't it? If Rob, you were just an eye, Mel, if you were just an eye. There are other parts of your body that I enjoy. I would prefer if you were... That didn't come out right. (laughs) That would be so weird if you were just an eye. You wouldn't be able to do anything. You'd be so limited. Imagine, you couldn't do off your shoelace if you were just an eye. Well, you don't need shoes because you don't have feet. Imagine if you were just a foot or just an ear. There's so many things that, that you couldn't do. Imagine all these eyes and ears and feet and hands, just individual things running around. That would be... Look, like, it's just a weird thought, isn't it? That, and, but this is what Paul is trying to get us to say. Because he, he says, If the foot should say... The foot doesn't even have a mouth, but that's his point. If the foot should say, so now he's, now he's getting his feet to talk. If a foot, I don't even know what a foot accent would be if it came from another country. What would a foot sound like? <laughs> First Corinthians twelve fifteen says, Now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And, and, and then Paul goes on to imagining a talking ear if the ear should say because I'm not in the ear I do not belong to the body it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body he, he, he actually has a brilliant imagination because what he's trying to say is he, he's trying to say that you and I can't say hey I'm different so I'm not a part hey listen I'm a little bit different so I'm going to go I'm just going to go down the road really why? I, I feel like I fit in there more now That can be a legitimate reason. But why is it? Was it a failure on their part to realise that they belong, to find their worth and value in in this house or that house that they left? Or was it the failure of the body to recognise their part in it? If God has created us in a way, if we're walking in his spirit, if we're believing in the spirit, if we're believing in, in Jesus, we're, if we're obedient to who he is, then you add value. It doesn't matter, hear me, it doesn't matter how broken your life is. For those that are at home, it doesn't matter how shaped you think your life is. You add value to the body. I mean, Do not rob us because you're feeling unworthy. Because you're actually actually robbing us of the blessing that you could be. You add something to the body of Christ, to his church, his family. You have a part to play. Each and every one of us belongs. You know, he continues in this in this stream and he says in verse 17 if if the whole body were an eye where would the sense of hearing be? if the whole body were an ear where would the sense of smell be? but in fact God has placed the parts in the body every one of them just as he wanted them to be verse 19 if they were all one part where would the body be? if I had no legs and no feet and no arms and no one around to help where would I be? I'd be at home! I wouldn't be here, would I? Where would we be if there was parts of us that were missing? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. But don't you and I don't don't we actually do that sometimes? Like legitimately, don't we do it? Don't we sometimes think that, oh I'd rather be that I, I'd rather do that job? I I wanna I, I wanna be that gift and work in that gift. Don't we sometimes try to determine where we fit in the body? You know, oh, there's other really cool places I could be. That's the thing I really want to do and I, and I think I've arrived. I could do that now. You know why? Hey, we are servants of the Most High and I do not know who this is for, yeah? But hear it clearly. everybody matters in the kingdom. Everybody matters in the kingdom. Yeah. You know, we sometimes, somehow disobey the sovereignty of God, don't we? When we say, I don't like that person, I don't like them, I don't like their accent, don't like the way they look, don't like the way they sing, certainly don't like the shoes they wear. Sometimes we despise humble servants and sometimes the extroverts don't like the introverts because they're in their face and... You know, sometimes the extroverts don't like the introverts because the introverts are just so quiet what's going on with him must be something deep inside some hurt I think the biggest problem of not disease but dis-ease the biggest problem of dis-ease opposite of ease yeah, if, you want, if you want in the church in the body of Christ is that sometimes we operate and think in our flesh. And the emphasis in all of this 1 Corinthians 12 stuff, again again, is on God's divine arrangement, that he has actually placed us together. And that we are a part of the body and we have a part to play. So if you and I, if we're surrendered to him, then we would want to make sure that the body's healthy. Because if we're operating in the spirit, his spirit, then the body of Christ, his family will function well. We need to understand that one part is no better than the others. Like really, one part is no better than the others. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. And, and, and the, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Let's not be those people. Let's not say those things. Let's not say, I don't need your gifts and I don't want to listen to you. Just because my mum's 89 doesn't mean that she doesn't have wisdom that she can still impart. Just because someone's 15 and only just started work doesn't mean that he can't actually invest something that's of worth and value. Yeah, right. really We're all as important as each other. You know, I've had a sore toe. I don't know why. It's not bad right now, but I've had a sore toe the last couple of days. No yucky infection, none, nothing like that. Just actually, it feels like I've stepped on a nail and it's gone through my foot into the ball of my foot. That's how it feels. It's feeling pretty good now, but I I, I did smash it with some norepinephrine gel. But what I found was that because it hurts, I'm not using it, and I can feel, when I'm barefoot in particular, I can feel myself leaning to the outside of my foot, so I put no pressure on my toe. And then what I discovered yesterday was I was walking, and every once in a while when I overextended, I got this pain in my calf. I know the pain in the calf is because I'm walking different on my foot because my stupid toe won't fall into line. I wonder if that's how it is in the body because we haven't worked out our gifts where we fit and, and because of that we operate somewhere different and because we're operating somewhere different another part of our body has to compensate. Every part of the body is necessary. Every part. Every single part. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm going over this over and over because so many of us, so much of the time, don't feel like we've got anything to offer. But you've got to hear that each and every one of us has something to offer. Verse 14 says, Even so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. You know, people can say, My, 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 my part, my thing. You know, they sound like those seagulls from Nemo. Me, 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 mine, 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 mine. No one's ever watched Nemo. Go watch it. That's probably the best scene when the seagulls are going nuts. Mine, 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 mine. People are like that. Me, me, me. My, my, my. I want to do that. Sometimes they can get in trouble in church life. 'Cause they want their part, their thing, to be the dominant thing. I guess just like a great big eye or a great big ear, but you know, but we can actually we actually need to be balanced. We need to be balanced in all that we do. You can't make coffee, sorry. We haven't trained you yet. But maybe you can pour milk. Maybe you can take the orders. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of things off the top of the head. It doesn't even have to be inside church. So often, it would be, here's a really simple, it would be ridiculous of me to step into my mum's shoes and try to cook her Osso that I just enjoyed on Saturday. Yeah? If anyone doesn't know what Osso Book is, it's just a meat that you slow cook. It's got the big bones in it, it's got marrow. You know, us ethnics, we love the marrow. My mum tells me that, you know, I guess because she's 89, that there were days that they, in their younger days they would go to a butcher to buy meat and the butcher would actually give her osso buko for free to feed to the dog and now we're paying an exorbitant amount for it, right? It would be ridiculous of me at a family dinner to try, say, mum, move aside, I want to do this, this is my gift, I'm going to cook your osso buko. I'm going to cook your lasagna. If that's not my gift... Get out of the kitchen! Happily so. (laughs) Happily so. We need to discern the body. You and I, oh wow. Yes, we have a board. Every church does. Have a constitution. Every church does. It has to have. Yes, we have an oversight so we can make decisions on behalf of, of the people that have voted for those people. Yes, we know that works. But together as a body, we need to discern the body. Because then you can go up to someone and say, you know what? I've noticed that you've got the gift of encouragement. I mean, you should encourage more people. Let me pray for you that you would encourage more people in your gift. Each and every one of you can do that. You don't need me for that. You don't need Mel for that. You don't need the board for that. It's the body, discerning the body, seeing where each part fits. You know, God has determined all the gifts. And again, this is relentless. Paul is relentless. Over and over again, verse 18. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted. God makes no mistakes. I don't care if you're here today, if you're listening at home, if you thought of coming, if you're still in bed because you love love sleeping in, dig, 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 stir the pot, don't be lazy, come to church. Yeah, all of that stuff. But he doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't make mistakes. Not, none of us are a mistake. None of the people that find themselves in the church down the road, around the corner, they're not mistakes. They have been planted, they have been gifted in a house to belong to a family, to fill a part that only they can play. And we have to believe that in our hearts because that rips and strips the enemy from any any. Handlebars that he has to be able to say you don't belong there. They don't value you here. You're not worthy. God doesn't make mistakes. Let's start encouraging one another. Imagine if the body operated like that. Man, that's that's the body in action. You know, don't despise the weaker gifts of people. Verse 22 says, on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. For those that clean, thank you. For those that ring people when they are unwell, thank you. For those that visit when no one else sees, thank you. Those parts are indispensable. For those that that cook a meal and drop of flowers and, and give words of encouragement to someone just at the right time. For those that are praying behind the scenes, thank you. Those gifts in the body are indispensable. You know, the biggest part for me in all of this is this. My last point. I'm over time, but I need to make this point. We suffer together. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 26, says, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. See, when we get to the point of suffering, that's a test. Now, Now, how will we love when we're in our suffering? How will we love when people are in their suffering? Do, do I just want my own thing? Do I, do I like that person at all? Do I really care about the body at all? Do I care about the family? When we get to the point of suffering, that's when our hearts are the most tender. Yeah? That point of suffering is where our hearts are the most tender. That's often the place where we realise that we need the Lord more and closer than we've ever been to him before. We can see the suffering in each other and we want to care for and we want to bless each other. That can only happen when people have found where they belong. You know, I spoke to some people yesterday... And and, and it often happens. They just haven't been in church for a while, yeah. And they used to serve in church, and they just felt they got used up while they were in that place where they were pouring out their heart. And and I really don't know what season I'm in because I feel like every time someone shares their pain, what they're going through physically, spiritually, man, I I just I just feel it, yeah. And all I could all I could think of as they were talking is. How do do people within within a family, if we belong in a family, if we've discovered how our gifts work inside and outside for the common good, if we're in a family, how can I suffer burnout in that family? (sighs) Didn't the body realise that the arm was aching? Didn't the body know that, that my heart was being crushed? Didn't, didn't the body sense? Because, man, my body knows that my toe's hurting. Like, I don't even try. It just leans that way. My foot, you know, I have to put shoes on. So when that happens to people that are in a, in a body, didn't they know they were of worth? Didn't they know they were of value? Didn't they know that we loved and appreciated everything that they did and have done? How can that? How can that happen? So for us, th- this whole thing about the gifts is to know where we belong. Is to discern what each other has. Is so when someone's hurting, you hurt with them. You know, when I speak to Ros and she goes Nick's back. You know, I, I give the usual. You know, I understand that's okay, and I go away and I go. How come, God? Why is his back still hurt? You know, when Grace shared what happened with Elliot, like, like so many of us, I was a mess. I felt her pain. He's not my son, but I felt it because we're part of the same body. Yeah. When someone's not here, you feel it, not because you want bums on seats, but it's like, dang, my hand, it's not here. Where is it? Yeah. When you suffer... I suffer. When you rejoice, I rejoice and I want to rejoice with you. Not not just for the extra tithes and offerings, yeah. But as a body we are many different parts, but filled and drinking from the same spirit. So if we have the same blood line within us, then when something's not right in someone we should feel it. We should know it. By the same token, my toe's throwing out signals so the rest of the body knows it's not right. When you know that you belong, there is no shame. So you can step up and say, you know what? I'm not doing good today. I'm actually struggling today. I know I've been serving in this area, but is there a chance I can have a break here for a little while? I just need to rest up. Yeah, I've got... Oh, man, I'm sorry I missed that. That's how the body works. That's the church. I love the bigger church. I love the mega churches. But somehow, sometimes, just one or two slip through these cracks. We're small enough, and we still have had that happen over the years. But hey, why don't we all stand? Why don't we be a people that's different? Why don't we be a people that rejoices when people rejoice? That cries when people cry, but legitimately, you know? Because I'm telling you, if my arm's broken, my mind knows because it's sending all sorts of stuff to my mouth, to my tongue which at that point I can no longer control <laughs> and it, as it blurts out all these wonderful expletives because of the pain over here in this part of my body but then there are others that are gifted that can actually fix that to remove the pain let's discern the body let's be a church that laughs on one another let's know know in your knower this is where you belong Knowing you know it, that you're gifted, yeah? that you have got something of value, of worth to actually sow into the body, even if it's to bless the community for the common good. Yeah? Like the Parkers, they, sit, they visit so many churches. Yeah, when I speak to Scott and Jen, they, if they were, had a choice and they were here, they would come and sit in their church. So for me, they're part of our family. But in their giftedness, they're out doing what they need to do overseas. Let's find where we work. Let's encourage. Let's get behind people. Let's, let's champion them in that. And if someone's hurting, let's feel the pain with them. Let's not just, you know, fob it off. Let's be a people who truly, as Romans 12, 15 says, let's rejoice with those who rejoice. And let's mourn with those who mourn, yeah? Have you found where you belong? I know I have. Father, this morning, Lord, we pray for you, Holy Spirit, to do a work in our hearts, a deep work in our hearts, that we would know where we belong. Lord, that we would know the value and the worth that you have placed on us, God, no matter what's happened before, no matter where we've been, no matter what life has thrown our way, no matter what people have spoken over us, God, we know that we're we're of value and worth because of what you did on that cross for us. We thank you for the gifts that you have poured into us. We thank you that you have placed us together in the bride of Christ. We thank you that we are part of a family. And thank you, God, at this stage, in this season, Lord, we happen to be planted here at Family Life Church. So Lord, for everyone that is in this place today, for those that are listening at home, we ask you, Holy Spirit, to go out and to touch, to bless, to refresh, to make brand new. Lord, give us a sensitivity to those that are around us, Father, that we may truly operate as a body operates. That if the foot is sore, God, the other side of the body realises that and is able to compensate and work with them. Lord, bring a healing. And I pray for those, Lord, that have been part of the body, God, in other places over the years. Lord, and, and somehow Lord, somehow their pain, God, wasn't seen. Their pain wasn't felt, Lord. They, they, they felt like they were doing it all alone, like the rest of the body wasn't. God, I just pray for their hearts, God, right now. That, Lord, there would be men and women and families, Father, that would be restored back into the body of Christ. Men and women and families who have gifts, Lord, that bring glory to your name, that they would be restored back into right relationship, not just with you, but, Lord, with those that are around them. God, do a work. But first, God, I pray that you would start in me, that you would start in us. And, Lord, even as we sung this morning, I want to be the oil, Lord, God. I want to be the sacrifice. I want to be a laid-out lover all my life, may we be that people, Lord of Family Life Church here in Ballarat, Lord. For now and forever, we pray in Jesus' name. Everyone said, "Amen." Amen. you be happy.